Well, the 23rd Psalm, of course, our emphasis is the latter part of verse number 6. For those that have not been here this week, where David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it seems to me that for whatever this psalm may uh, say to you, however it has spoken to you over the years, that it is the intent and full purpose of the shepherd to do one thing, and that is to couple up with the sheep in verse 1, take them down through verse 2, 3, 4, and 5, and finally all the way to the house of the Lord. And as I'm said, I'm glad that I'm not wandering in some wilderness, I'm not roaming in some desert, but I'm headed somewhere. There is a purpose in my journey. And uh, no matter where I may be at the present time, as one fellow said, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm on my way home. I'm just making a few stops on the way. And though I may be here tonight at Alto, really I'm just making a stop. I'm on the way home. And though I may be at another place preaching next week, I'm really just making a stop. I'm on the way home. And uh, so it is with your life and with my life. Thank God the shepherd has got a, he, he's got a, he's got a home. He's got an abiding place for us and he's leading us, uh, thank God, in that direction. And so with that thought in mind, the journey home. I want us to begin by reading uh, the psalm, starting with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to preach tonight on what I call the transportation of the journey home. With this thought in mind, if we are on a trip, if we are migrating to that glorious country that the Lord has awaiting for us, how do we get there? What is the energy by which we shall arrive? By what means can we make this long, arduous trip covering the distance, ever how long it may be for your life and for my life up to this point, almost 36 years for me. In spite of the dangers that may surround us and the darkness of the valleys that we may walk through, what is it that is going to carry us? What is it that is going to transport us? By what means do we arrive in that city? You see, tonight we're not on a picnic. 
This is not just a hike, but it is a journey that starts when you meet the shepherd and it continues all the way through life until you arrive in heaven. But what is it that takes us to heaven? By what means are we, are we carried there? This thought came to my mind in verse number 4. David said, yea, though I walk. If there is any great characteristic of sheep in their migration, it is that they just simply walk. They walk as they follow the shepherd through the green pastures. They walk by the still waters. They walk in the paths of righteousness. They walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. They walk up through the tables and plains of the mountain. They walk on into heaven. It is a migration that there is only one term that is associated with it. They are not crawling. They are not rolling. They are not running. They are not abounding. But they are walking. And when I thought about this, this term that is so connected with sheep as they journey home, my mind went to the Word of God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, Verse number 7, Paul said, we walk by... Does anybody know what it is? We walk by faith. And so tonight I want to preach on the transportation of the journey home, and I'm preaching on the subject of faith. For you see, it is faith in our walking that God has given us as we walk in our journey that heads us toward home. It is this faith that started us toward home. It is that faith that keeps us as we journey and it is that faith that shall deliver us as Peter said. The faith, he talked about being kept by faith. And so we're on a journey, but it is a journey of faith. Because any movement toward God cannot be a movement of the energy of the flesh. Would you not agree? Any movement toward heaven cannot be as a result of the ingenuity of your mentalities or of your great skillful abilities. All of those things have been rejected by God because he tells us that the only way that we can please him is to please him through faith. Everything else about the flesh is that enmity against God. And Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved, what? Through faith. And so it is this faith that God has sent and that God has given to us 
that is our energy, that is our uh, source as was sung tonight, that is our strength and that, that is that which carries us all the way through the journey to the house of the Lord. Thank God tonight for faith. I'm glad for faith, aren't you? You see, the Lord did not just send an invitation to some country or to some mansion, but he sent the transportation because he knew you couldn't make it on your own. Have you ever got one of those millions of courtesy calls? Don't you love them? Right in the middle of something, the phone rings, you answer it, and, and you hear that little space of delay, and you know you're getting a courtesy call. And I've had several that would go like this. Sir, you have just won, or we're going to give you a free three-day, two-night stay at a resort in who knows where. Won't cost you anything. You just come and then you go through the little sales pitch. And that's it. But I've always had a problem with those three day, two night stays. These invitations to somewhere that is supposedly glorious. And I'm, I'm sure it is wonderful. And that is, I may not have enough money to get there. And are you going to pay for all that I'm going to do when I do get there? <laughs> and are you going to entertain me while I am there? <laughs> and will you supply the food for my whole family while we're there? And will you send a car, a pretty good sized van, air conditioned for us? to take us there and will you pay me for the time I'm off while I am there they give you the invitation but they don't give you the transportation but you see our Lord not only gave us an invitation to the house of the Lord he not only told us of that place, but he said, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. He said, I'll come after you. And in so doing, he has given us something. He has given us faith because it is our faith that we walk by. We walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. Yes. <laughs> Every step of the Christian life yes. that has any movement in it at all, any furtherance toward God at all, has to be a step of faith. Or it's a step backwards. It's a step backwards. The means by which we can arrive. Now, I want you to notice how this faith is implied in this text, the 23rd Psalm, as we have, have pointed out. Of course, if there are paths, they must be walked in. Uh, David said, of course, we're walking through 
uh, the valley. Uh, he said in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. So there must be a, uh, a progression toward the house of the Lord, but it's all, it all implies that there is a walk, and this walk is a, is a walk, thank God, a walk of faith. I'm glad tonight for the faith that God has placed in my heart. And when you take all of the characters of the Bible all the way back to Genesis, as Hebrews chapter number 11 enumerates these great characters such as Abraham and Noah and so on, the scripture tells us that everything that they did, they did by one source and by one energy. And that was the source and energy and the strength of faith. How did Noah build his ark? He built it primarily by faith. How did Enoch walk with God 300 years? He did it primarily by faith. How did Abraham sojourn in a strange country? He did it primarily by faith. Not only so with the Old Testament and the New Testament characters, but so it is with all of God's children. We do it, we sojourn, we walk by faith. We must do so. It is, of course, implied as far as its operations are concerned that everything that is taking place in our migration to the house of the Lord is accomplished through one means and it is accomplished through the faith that we have. We walk by faith. Do you see that? It is implied. It is, it is, he is walking. And of course, as a child of God, we, we walk. And we walk by faith. And it is this faith that operates us. It is this faith that energizes us. It is this faith that gives us the strength to, in spite of what we may face and what we may go through, it, it seems to overrule all of the circumstances and situations and take us beyond them and keep us moving toward the house of the Lord. We do face the dangers and toils and snares, but I'm glad that faith is enough to sustain us in the journey home. Faith, mighty the promises sees, looks to God alone. It laughs at impossibilities and it cries out and says, thank God it shall be done. I'm glad for faith, aren't you? Faith is implied in its operation. This is how. Jericho, as Joshua faced those imposing walls. The walls of Jericho, the Bible said, came down. How did they come down? They came down by faith. All that was commanded for the children of Israel was that they walk around these walls. And the faith of walking brought the walls down. 
The simplicity of the Christian life so overwhelms me and blesses me in that it is a simple walk is all that God demands of us. And it is a walk that believes God for what he said he was going to do. And so these sheep are believers or they wouldn't be following the shepherd. And David testifies to that. He lets us know that he believes in the shepherd. That's why he's not going to want. And so he follows the shepherd because he knows that this shepherd will take him where he needs to go. He knows that this this shepherd knows the way. And so he can follow him. He believes that. He knows and believes that this shepherd has made the way. And he knows and believes that this shepherd is the way. And so in believing the shepherd, he walks upon the energy of that faith. Well, that's a whole lot different than just a mental ascent. That's not going to get you through. Saying, well, you know, I, I guess I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I guess I, oh, no, that's just a mental ascent. There has to come that day in your life when in your heart and soul, God Almighty has convinced you of that which is impossible and he has told you that he is your shepherd and he's going to take you home and you believe him. And when you believe him, you don't hang around where you're at because faith is ignited and when it is ignited, you begin to walk. And that walk never stops. It is a walk of faith. And it is upon the energy of that walk of faith that we head toward the house of the Lord. Somebody said, preacher, but I just want you to know the journey's so hard. It's so long. It's so dark. I just don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If it's left up to you to make it, you're not going to make it. This thing of salvation, this thing of redemption, this thing of of heaven again it is a matter of divine faith within our hearts and not human capability you won't make it as a matter of fact if you're taking even one step in and of yourself you're wasting your energy and your time because he never sent to call you to see if you could make it by yourself. He sent faith to bring you home. (laughs) And so the struggle of the Christian life is when we get out of the realm of faith and we begin to do things in and of ourselves. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Oh, listen, the Christian life can become so 
so hard and so so uh, uh, laborious and so difficult because we find ourselves trying in our own energies to to somehow accomplish these these degrees and these steps. When he would say to you and I, I sent something to bring you. If you will just rely upon the faith that I gave you, your faith will take you that next step. Your faith will bring you through that valley. Your faith will bring you up that next mountain plain. Your faith will bring you to the house. I gave you faith. Hasn't it been faith that has brought you where you are now? Wasn't it faith that saved you? Aren't we justified by faith? Do we not receive righteousness by faith? Isn't the totality of the Christian life based upon faith? This divine truth of faith that was born in me 35 years ago that started me doing something I'd never done before that I couldn't have done because the flesh can't do this. You can't walk in the spirit, in the flesh. It just won't walk. But oh, God gave me faith. And faith has the energy to walk where nothing else can walk. Faith will carry you through when nothing else will carry you through. Walking! (laughs) The songwriter said, living by faith. It's the walk. Everything in the Christian life. Are you hearing me now? Just, just write this down. We'll move on. Everything in the Christian life is accomplished. Would, would somebody say amen to this? Or am I telling you something off the wall that everything in the Christian life, if it, if, if it is of God, has to be accomplished through faith? Amen. Did I hear? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, you, and I'm telling you the truth, Emma. <laughs> if it's not a faith... Paul said it's a sin. (laughs) It begins in faith, it continues in faith, and it ends in faith. It's miraculous faith that God has given us. It's implied here. These sheep are walking. And they're walking by faith. (laughs) They believe. They believe. Somebody said, Enoch, why don't you just quit and rest a little bit? You've been walking uh, all these years. Looks like it'd be, you know, just relax. He said, well, I tried that, but my faith kept a walking. I couldn't stop. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yes. Oh, let, let your faith do the walking. Yes. You've been trying to figure it out too long. <laughs> you, you've been trying to do it too long. And it has wore you down. But if you just sit back and relax, boy, and I feel the energy of faith moving. You. Isn't that something? <laughs> I like to preach in faith. Yes. Ooh, when I do the preaching, it kills me. I'm more slap out and worried about who likes it and who don't like yes. it and how it went over. And they'll have me back. But oh, if I can just get yes, in the, if I can get in the gear of faith, yeah. faith will just. Walk you right through there. Huh? It'll carry you right on to the house. It is our energy. It's what operates in us. The energy and operation of our faith carrying us to glory. 
Not only is this faith implied in this text, and oh, how glorious it is. Somehow I don't want to leave there, but I'm going to have to. But I want you to notice how this faith is supplied. Now, if there was a great event that you wanted to go to, and I told you that the only way to get there is you had to have one thing, and you were determined that you wanted to go, probably your question would be this, is how do I get that one thing? Where do I go to get that which is going to allow me an entrance to that main event that I want to go to? And I have said to you tonight the truth of the Word of God, that we are saved through faith, we are justified through faith, we are given righteousness through faith. We cannot go to heaven, we cannot please God without faith. So my question is, where do you get it? <laughs> if you cannot get into heaven unless you have faith, where do you get faith? Have you ever thought about that? Has that ever crossed your mind? Where does faith come from? Who originated faith? <laughs> Jesus is the author. And he's the finisher of our what? Our faith. You see, faith comes and is obtained from one source. <laughs> it is that which is absolute. There is no option. We must have it. But where are we going to get it? Now think about it just for a moment. Were you born with this faith that believed that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again the third day for you, and you just born a Christian. See, if you got it, you're saved. So were you born with it? If you were born with it, you were born saved. But I, I know one thing, I wasn't born saved. Because <laughs> I wasn't born with this faith. You see, there are certain characteristics of God and gifts of God that, that only God can give. They must be obtained from the source and the only source that can give them. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. John, Jesus said in John 10, you can read it, My sheep hear my voice. <laughs> You want to know where faith comes from? It comes from the voice of God. Yes. Cannot be disconnected from the Word of God. That's why the preaching of the Word of God is so important yes. because it is the Word of God that ignites faith. It's not entertaining folks and feeding them hamburgers and trying to convince them of something or persuade them of something, humanly speaking. But it's preaching the Word of God to them. They must hear the Word of God. Sinners must hear the Word of God. And it is the Word of God that ignites faith. My sheep hear my voice. And so here we have this little flock over here. They're not going anywhere. They just stand right there. And the shepherd walks up and calls his sheep. And when he dies, they perk up. 
turn around yes. and start walking. Because faith has been ignited in them that this is the shepherd and that they will follow him. Our faith is, is received. Our faith is, is given. Our, our, our faith comes from the shepherd. Let me illustrate this. I'm talking about this faith. Not only that it is implied and that these sheep are, are walking in this text, how it operates, but that it is supplied in our text. The disciples were with Jesus on the day that he wanted to feed the multitude. And he said to them, he asked them, knowing what they would say, can, can, can we feed the multitude? And they came and gave him a report. Now, they tallied everything up. They figured it all up. They said, we've got so much money. And, but they said it's not enough money to feed this crowd because there's 5,000 men not counting women and children. And those days, they had more than two or three youngins apiece. Many of them had 10 and 12. Now, you do your own multiplication. That'll shoot her way up there in the thousands. And they said, well, we, we just, we don't have that. And they said, uh, we don't have anything here with us except we got five loaves and two fishes. that's it. And said, uh, the best thing to do is we need to send them away. And Jesus said, no, I've got a better idea. Have them sit down in 50s. Now, the disciples are unbelievers in this area because they have already told Jesus, it cannot be done. And so they don't have any faith. But Jesus uh, says to them, you have them sit down. And they begin to sit down. And then he begins to break the bread. Now, can you imagine Simon Peter and James and John when they first begin to get this bread? You've got to understand now, they don't believe this can be done. So they know they're not going to get far. This is kind of a ridiculous ordeal here. I mean, it'd be like on Sunday morning, stepping out of church and your husband saying, Honey, guess what? I just invited the whole church over for dinner. <laughs> now you're talking about a collapse. <laughs> and so here, here Simon Peter goes up and he gets the first breaking of it and he comes back and he said, uh, uh, Just get about a half of one. Just a half one here. Get you a half one right there. Don't get too much now. Just, you may not even be hungry if you don't pass it on down through there. You're... <laughs> Now you don't, here, just, y'all break one between you there. And you want to get just, just a little. Now, I would have done that, wouldn't you? If I did not believe, that, and all I saw was five loaves and two fishes, and I turned around there and saw as many as 20,000 people, I think I'd be real stingy with that bread. Don't you? Because I'm an unbeliever about it. But can you imagine when they got back there about two or 3,000? Son. Huh? And then by the time that they get on in the back, I mean, they move back about five or 6,000. They said, put some in your pocket. Go ahead. You got any grand youngins? Take you some home with you. Here, y'all get you, take off. Uh, you won't have to cook tomorrow if you get you some. Here, get some. Right, well, it looks like we're going to have more with They more up. They scrapped. There's a bunch of here, get you some. And when they went home that night, they probably said to their wives or to the people that are there, you, can, you wouldn't believe this, but, but I found out today you could feed 20,000 people on five loaves and two yeah. fishes. Now, I'm going to ask you something. 
Did they do that on their faith? They didn't have any. Whose faith fed that multitude? Jesus was the only believer there that day. Huh? <laughs> you know whose faith I'm operating off from? Huh? I'm not operating off on a, a, a shallow faith that believes in myself. I'm not operating on a shallow faith that believes uh, in, in this. I'm operating on a faith that believes in Him. And he, as Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He's the only one that believes he knows the way. He's the only one that believes he can overcome the enemies. He's the only one that believes that he can feed the sheep and he can water the sheep. And what he does is he transfers his faith through his voice into his sheep. And makes believers out of it. That's why I love the Word of God. That's why I love to read the Word of God. That's why I love to hear the preaching of the Word of God. Because when I need it, it speaks that faith. It stirs up that faith. It ignites that faith that's able to carry me through the journey home. See, this faith is obtained. It comes from the shepherd. I'm glad that it is, aren't you? It is supplied. It is implied. But then I want you to notice that. See how this, this faith is applied. This faith is applied. James said, faith without works dead. He said, that ain't faith. Now you can talk about your faith all you want to, but if it ain't walking, it ain't faith. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you can add two and two together. If you ain't walking, you don't have faith. But this faith that he has given us is a faith that is to be applied. It is a faith that will have an effect upon us. Now this faith is applied when it is, when it is connected to the object. You see, faith is only as real as the object that it believes in. Uh, if I believe in myself, then my faith can only take me as far as myself can take me. If I believe in man, my faith will only take me as far as man can take me. But if I have applied my faith in Christ, then my faith can take me as far as the shepherd can take me. It is an applied faith. Now... Notice uh, this faith that uh, I'm talking about is not a faith of which, of which David believes in, in anything, in any other object, or any other thing. It's not a matter that he believes in self. It's not a matter that... that uh, I mean, if you interview the sheep and you ask him, you say, Sheepy, are you going to the... Uh, to the house of the Lord, and he said, yeah, I'm going. He said, well, how do you know you're going? He said, oh, I'll tell you how I know I'm going. Now, I realize that sheep ain't too strong, but I've been exercising. I jog every day. 
I mean, I tell you, I do turnovers and rollovers and I'm just getting in shape and I'm, I'm stronger than the average sheep. And I've gotten so strong that I just feel like that I, I can, I, I just like to, I'd like to run into one of them wolves and one of them bears. I believe I, I, I'd like to just take him on. I'm going to tell you what you're talking to is a dead sheep. He's not going anywhere believing in himself. But you see, the true faith that you and I have has one object and one object alone. It believes not in self. It believes not in the substance. David doesn't believe he's going to make it to the house of the Lord because there's water and there's grass and there's oil and there's a cup and there's a table. He's got no confidence in the substance. His confidence is in one. He believes in the shepherd. The walk of life is so simple in that we only have one to believe in. And that is we simply believe in the shepherd. We don't even have to understand it. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> we don't have to be educated in the, in the matters of the trip and the molecules of the water and how grass grows and all these other things. No, you don't have to know anything about that. All you've got to do is believe in the shepherd. And in believing in the shepherd, he takes care of all the rest. I like that. Sure. Pastor, there was a fellow there that was, Charlie Ward was his name. He couldn't read his name in boxcar letters. And the Lord saved him when he's about 60 years old. And I'll tell you what, uh, what a profound Christian he was. He, he, he could say things in such a... Uh, in such a way that I would say to myself, boy, I wish I had thought of that. Well, for instance, one day we were sitting in his living room and he said, Preacher, see that window right there? I said, yeah, Brother Charlie, I see that. He said, that looks toward the east. I said, does it? He said, yeah. And he said, every time I see a cloud come across it, I look to see if the Lord's on it. Ooh. <laughs> That's simple, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, you don't have to worry about a man living right if he's looking for Jesus on every cloud. He'll take, he'll, he'll take care of itself. And one day I was sitting at his table there and, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want to show you something. And I said, what is the Lord? He said, uh, he said you see Charlie Ward now. He, he can't read and write. He listened to the Bible on tape. Listened to it through it many times. He said he's not educated. But he said, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want to tell you. It's not how much you know that counts. But it's how much you believe what you know. <laughs> and I may not know a whole lot about the trip, but I know the one that knows everything about it. And I believe in him. He is the object of my faith. As I trust him for the journey home. He is my source. He is uh, my substance because I I believe in him yes. I've never understood this thing of faith I, I, you know definitions well, there are plenty but I've always thought that there's just something the Bible is a Bible of, uh, it, it's a book of experiences not so much a book of definitions uh, for instance I can't explain the love of God 
to anybody. But I have experienced it. And I don't know that I could rightfully explain faith to you. But I have experienced it. And the truth of the matter is, is that if you have never experienced faith, all my definitions wouldn't help you. But if God has ignited faith in you, you don't need a definition. You know what faith is all about. You believe in him. And it is working in your heart and working in your life. But I, you know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, it's a mysterious thing, this thing of faith. I just, you know how that my whole life was wrapped up in this old world and ungodliness and sin. And then one day I heard the gospel and boom, yeah. faith just turned me around and started me on a journey. Leaving this old world behind. But I've thought about it kind of like uh, Noah. You know, the Lord spoke to Noah by faith and told him to build an ark. And by faith, he built that ark. And I've wondered what would have happened if the Lord would have included on that command that Noah would have to go out and catch all the animals that are supposed to go on that ark. Now, it took him 120 years, if I understand it right, to build the ark. But I believe it had took him 3,000 years to catch the animals and put them on the ark. I mean, could you imagine Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah out there, and, and Noah saying, Shem, shake that limb up there. Get that possum out of there. We've only got one. We, we got we got to have another one. So, well, Daddy, the last one eat me. Got to get him. We've still got the alligators to go, and the uh, hippopotamuses, and the rhinoceroses, and the and, and the giraffes, and the lions, and the tigers, and the bears. I'm counting all the snakes. <laughs> How you gonna get all them on the ark? I sort of believe it went this way. The Lord went out one day and the lion was out there and the lioness and he said to the lion, he said, uh, how would you like to take a cruise? <laughs> and the lion said, well, I never thought about that. Let me talk to the lioness. He said, I'll just take that. Yeah, we'd love to take a cruise. He said, well, there's a big old boat over there. Just go ahead and get in it. God spoke. And, and man, could you imagine the talk in the community? As people said, you wouldn't believe what happened. My, I, I, I think I was dreaming last night. They said, what are you talking about? I, this big elephant walked through my yard over there to preach with Noah's. I saw him walk up that ramp in there. He said, that ain't nothing. I saw a lion come through my yard last night with a lioness and they's heading in the same direction. Yeah. <laughs> God spoke in each one of them and headed them toward the ark. I'm glad for the day 35 years ago after hearing the gospel the Holy Ghost spoke his word into my heart. And somebody says you wouldn't believe it but did you know that Williams boy is going to church now? 
profess. That's why they call it professing religion. Mm. And somebody said, that ain't nothing. Did you hear he's going to preaching? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, whoa, I wonder what caused that. Hey, Tell you what hey. caused that, the igniting of faith. Yes. Amen. That's stronger than any force that this world Amen. knows anything about. And I'll tell you, dear children, when the valleys get dark oh, yes. and the way gets long, just let your faith do the walking. Yes. When everything looks impossible and it seems as though that you're just not going to make it, just let the word of faith Amen. keep you going. Mm. <laughs> and I promise you that God has given you that which will carry you the transportation to the house of the Lord.